Welcome to another edition of Conversations in Motion. This is Paul Denman, and I'm Bob White. Things might get a little hot around here today. Oh, Bob is in Virginia, and Paul Denman is in Minnesota, and it's talking about heat. It's one degree today. Wow. I'm at 29 and a half degrees. Oh, must be nice. <laughs> so how does the motor work in Minnesota versus Virginia? <laughs> let's talk well, about temperature. Let's talk about temperature. A motor is rated in its ability to operate continuously called a continuous torque rating. And it's all about heat, how much the motor heats up. But you have to have a baseline. Where do you start? Do you start in Minnesota or do you start in Virginia? Or do you start in the Caribbean? All of those have different ambient temperatures. Ambient temperature is the temperature that surrounds you. So motors are typically, they're rated in 40 degrees C, 40 degrees Celsius. The motor then is allowed to rise to its ultimate temperature, which is typically the temperature of the insulation material. Most likely it's 155 degrees C. So it, it'll rise up to 150 degrees and stabilize. And that's the torque rating. So if you're operating the motor at the torque rating in a 40 degree C ambient, then the motor coils will rise to about 155 degrees C, typically in about three to five time constants of the thermal time constant of the motor. That's how they're rated. Interesting. So you're saying they're rated to go at a 40 degree C, it's got to be this torque in the spec. Mm -hmm. So as it heats up, as it operates, it will heat up to a different temperature. Yeah. So the motor starts in 40 and it'll the temperature of the coil winding will run up against the limit of 155 degrees C, which is the probably the insulation rating of the motor determines how hot it can get. Typically in servo motors, you're at 155 degrees C. I believe that's called a class F temperature rating. And that is the limit. So I see here there are four NEMA temperature ratings. It looks mm -hmm. like A, B, F, H. Is that right? That's right. So 105 is A, B is 130, F is 155, H is 180. Right. And so typically a motor is going to be rated in 40 degrees C and based on its insulation class will be rated to operate at the continuous torque level in that ambient and it will rise to the rating of the insulation system. So let's talk about operating that same motor in Minnesota Okay. right now. If you're outside with a motor rated in 40 degrees C at one degree Celsius, the motor will actually be able to operate much higher than its continuous rating, basically because it has a wider span to rise up to 155 degrees C maximum temperature. So basically you've given the motor more room to operate so you can actually run higher current through the motor and it'll allow the motor to operate at a higher continuous rating. Interesting. So I wonder what that I suppose is proportional to the size of the motor, isn't it? Yeah, there's, but, there's actually an equation for it. It's basically you're looking at what is the rated delta temperature divided by the actual delta temperature and I think you take the square root of that. I'll, I'll, I'll have to look up the equation precisely, but there's an actual equation that allows you to calculate exact how much derating 
or how much increase rating you can have. I thought of an, an analogy. So you get a can of beer and it's 12 ounces. Mm -hmm. So you have a 12 ounce glass. So you can take your beer out of the can, pour it into the ice cold glass and have a nice cold one. So that's 40 degrees C ambient, 155 degree max. So you fill it up. So what if you took that same 12 ounce can of beer and instead you had a shot glass? You're only going to be able to pour what? What is a shot glass? Three ounces? Right. So you're only going to be able to pour that much beer into it before it's full, before you've reached its limit. Right. So that's right, like sure. if you took a motor and operated it in a 60 degree ambient. Now you have less temperature rise available. So the motor has to be derated. It can't operate at the continuous torque. It'll operate something lower than the continuous torque. And then if you, if you went out and got a, a growler and you took your 12 ounce can of beer and poured it into a growler, you would see, oh, oh my gosh, I could put a whole six pack in there. That's like operating a motor in much colder temperature. You have much more temperature rise available. So then you could actually push the motor harder to get more continuous torque. Huh. Looks like some of the specs that you see online, it's somewhat of a linear function. Yes. Uh, it's, so it's, it's temperature and torque and whatever that mar delta TLR is what they call it, I guess. Right. So when you're doing a design, let's say you're going to design it, what about designing it with short surges of torque or what is the, what are the torque ratings as they pertain to constant holding torque versus continuous when it relates to temperature? Okay. So that, that's a great question. That basically is you must calculate what's called the RMS torque, mm -hmm. the root mean square. So basically you have to look at how much time am I in peak or higher torque above the continuous rating and how much time am I at continuous or below continuous in my dwelling? All of those are used in a calculation called an RMS calculation where you take torque times the time, you add those up, you divide them by the total time, and you take the square root of it. And you end up with, uh, that's your uh, RMS torque. So in practical cases, the RMS, as long as your motor is operating at the RMS torque level, you can achieve the rating of the motor. The motor will heat up to the appropriate temperature and you'll be fine. Even though you operate at a higher torque for acceleration purposes or deceleration purposes, and you may dwell, it, it's almost like an average. It's not an average. It's a root mean square calculation. But if you operate at that root mean square level below your continuous rating, your motor should be fine. However, there is a caveat there. You can't keep your motor off for 24 hours and then operate it at peak torque for two hours. Right. Your RMS calculation may come out to be below the continuous rating, but you you got to be mindful that the peak torque drives the temperature of the motor up fairly quickly. So you, you can only stay out at that level for a certain period of time. So that's why when you're looking at an application, like a constant indexing application where you're accelerating, decelerating, accelerating, decelerating, your motor is going to be operating in the peak zone for quite some time. And your RMS torque is going to be close to the peak rating of the motor. So in those instances, you have to figure out ways to cool down the motor, either with a fan or with liquid cooling, water cooling, or you have to size a motor that's continuous rating is closer to the peak. 
because if you're constantly accelerating and decelerating, you're operating above the continuous torque level and you'll overheat the motor. So I did notice in some companies, it's interesting you have to be careful because it looks like some of them rate, for instance, in the Lydia motor area, their motors, but with a heat sink. Ah, now, yes, you're getting into the specsmanship of companies. So most applications have some type of load that acts as some type of a heat sink. So some manufacturers will quote a motor and, a, and tie it to a specific heat sink in order to identify its continuous torque rating. That could make the motor torque rating artificially higher than what the motor can actually do without the heat sink. So in other words, if you had an application where you didn't have a lot of structure or means to dissipate the heat, the motor's not going to be able to meet its rating because it's relying on the heat sink to dissipate the heat. Totally. Right. You have to be careful with two things. What is the ambient temperature that they use to rate it? And is there a little asterisk next to the continuous torque number? And then down below in the fine print, it says this is with a you know, a hundred by hundred by three millimeter heat sink. And the other caveat is some companies will rate their motor in a 25 degree C ambient instead of a 40 degree C ambient. As long as you know that that's fine. If you're operating in a office environment or something, that's probably perf perfectly legitimate. But in industrial applications where you could see higher ambience, then the motor will have to be derated. If you're running in a hot facility that's approaching 35, 40 degrees C ambient, a motor rated in a 20 degree ambient will not perform as the spec calls for. It'll be, gotcha. you'll have to derate it by the, by the equation. If you ordered a motor from a manufacturer, do you have the choice of getting the temperature class like ABFH or it just sort of is what it is? It is what it is, but there are companies that do customization that will be able to change the insulation rating uh -huh. by using a different insulation system to improve. Many times there's a customer that will come and say, hey, I'm operating in a hotter environment. I'm in an application where I'm near a baking machine. The ambient is hotter than 40. It could be 50 or 60. That's getting pretty warm. So you may say, okay, let's increase the insulation system from a F to an H. And that way the motor will be able to go up another 30 degrees or so. That's one way that it can be done. Other manufacturers may have different types of motors that where you can adjust the insulation rating. So I have a direct question of an application. For instance, in purchasing a 3D printer with little double stack, I'd say NEMA 17 motors, mm -hmm. when it's running, those motors, you almost can't touch them. They yeah, are hot right. and they yeah, sit there right. and run. My, that printer's right. been running for two years, hasn't broke down yet. That's right. But why would they run them? Is it a cost savings that they're picking because it's running on its limit, but that way they don't have to put as much copper or iron in it? No, that, that's typical of a stepper motor, hybrid stepper motors, because stepper motor is constantly at peak. Servo motor before the torque is very shapeable. It's very variable in terms of you can control precisely where you're at. In a stepper motor, when you're operating it, in typical applications, you're operating it by pounding it with a current that is always at the peak rating of the stepper motor. So it gets hot. It sure. gets very hot. 
That, I would assume yeah. you have to, it's a balance of, if you did go to a bigger motor, it would not have things, for instance, as the RPM and response times wouldn't be as good, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, your it's got size man, of your motor. Rotor, if you can use... rotor mass and all that exactly. kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, got yeah. it. Temperature wise, which motor, if you had to deal with the heated environment, do you think a brushless DC motor is better than a non-iron core, et cetera? than a for instance stepper motor type of situation i would definitely say that's probably a correct statement you know it's always going to depend and specifically on what the motor and the environment is but mm -hmm. a hot environment a brushless motor is likely a better choice because you're going to want to be able to control how how hot the motor is going to get and you're going to have to degrade it at some level a stepper motor you're going to have to just go with a bigger motor and you'll end up with a larger motor comes a larger rotor mass, which makes the motor less dynamic. A couple things that you keep in mind when, when looking at that. Sure. So what is the summation of when you're buying a motor, what do you look for and what do you have to keep in mind with okay. temperature? Your environment definitely affects your motor performance. And so most Reputable motor manufacturers rate their motors for industrial environments in a 40 degree C ambient. So when looking at a motor spec, you need to look carefully at what is the ambient rating mm -hmm. for that motor. So you know that it'll operate at its spec in the environment you may be in. You have to look to see if that continuous torque rating relies on additional heat sinking. So in other words, you have to mount it to something that's going to dissipate the heat from the motor. You have to be careful of that and see to make sure that the motor is either rated in free air to meet its spec or if it requires a heat sink and what the insulation class is. And all those things play a role in terms of how hot the motor can get. And one other quick tip on the insulation system. If you operate a motor at its rating and you let the motor winding temperature get up to 155 degrees, the winding is designed based on what that whole category class rating is. It's designed to not break down in over approximately 20,000 hours. Okay. For every 10 degrees, you reduce the maximum temperature you take the motor to. Over the limit? Over the limit. For every 10 degrees below the limit you go. So in other words, you operate your motor a little cooler or a little under the rating your motor will last, your insulation system will double. So if you operate a 155 motor at 145 degrees C, your life of the insulation system will double. So you go from 20,000 hours to 40,000 hours. Wow. And of course it goes opposite. If you go 10 degrees above the insulation rating, it's going to reduce the life by half. That's just a little tip to kind of close off our, our discussion on heat here. Yeah. So uh, just keep that in mind. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks for answering those questions, Bob. No problem. So we'll uh, we'll pick up on a different topic on the next podcast. And it looks like we have some good news. Our maximum operating temperature in Minnesota is going to go up to 10 degrees tomorrow. Wow. See, you can get much more out of your motors by operating them in Minnesota than operating them in Florida. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Sounds good. Keep, keep on automating. 